Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon or evening. It is drive time with Elliot Danka, Timothy Go, and Chua Tian Time now for Market View. Uh, you've listed Singtel as one of your companies to watch. We'll get to that in just a bit. But for now, Tian Tian, give us a recap of how we started the day. Right. So Singapore shares fell this morning, tracking the slowdown we saw in global markets overnight. So in early trade, the Straits Times Index dropped 0.4% to 3,305 points after nearly 35 million securities changed hands in a broader market. Now, off to the closing numbers, the benchmark STI closed down 0.55% at 3,300 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 865 million Sing dollars. The gainers trailed losers 266 versus 282. Top advances for today, Isetan, Tanjong International Hong Kong Dollars and Shangri-La Hong Kong Dollars. And top decliners, GMH USD, Venture Corp and New Incorporation USD. Now, in terms of companies to watch, Elliot, you mentioned Singtel. That's mm. right, because Singtel announced that uh, its Indonesian associate called uh, Telkom Cell has entered into a conditional spin-off agreement with the parent company of Indonesian Telco Indie Home. Now, what this means is that Singtel will integrate Indie Home services into Telkom Cell. And meanwhile, global investors continue to set their sights on Friday's US non-farm payrolls figures for a snapshot of the health of the world's largest economy. So for more market moves and views, let's speak to David Chow, Director at Azure Capital. David, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me as always. Oh, and uh, David, let's start with the STI. How did the STI fare today? Well, I mean, uh, the STI was down and uh, rightfully so as uh, worries gather over the state of the U.S. economy as, you know, data on on the uh, non-farm employment mm. change and the services PMI were weak when they were released yesterday night. So um, even with the positive China March Tricing Services PMI data mm. released in the morning, you know, which shows it coming in at 57.8 over an expected 55, you know, feel to bring some cheers to the market. So, um, you know, with the overnight closing of NASDAQ, um, I actually noted that there was some big divergence with uh, cyclicals and tech stocks lagging. Mm. You know, Tesla for once uh, actually fell 3.7% and uh, it provided, it proved to be a drag on the index while defensive stocks continue to perform well. You know, one that has me worried is uh, equipment maker John Deere, which is down more than 10%, you know, in the past two days. That's, uh, to me, is a classic worrisome sign for global growth. Mm. So combining it with falling treasury yields and, you know, it's not a, a pretty picture. Mm. So the next question is, you know, what is the bond market saying? Mm. So, you know, when I'm looking at the U.S. 10-year bond bond yield chart, you know, I can see that, you know, yes, you know, broken down to the 3.3% zone, and this is, again, uh, the implicit message that this chart is sending is that, you know, hard landing may be coming and I'm crossing my fingers, you know, hoping that, you know, it's not. So, uh, you know, I can see that, you know, policymakers are dead set on stamping out inflation and the market is saying that they are going to hold rates too high for mm. too long, you know, and possible to plunge the economy into an unduly harsh recession. So, uh, yeah, so with that being said, I can't see any reason for STI to, uh, to close the day higher today. Right. Uh, and even though it didn't, um, in terms of the bigger move- movers or biggest movers, uh, did any stand out or surprise you? Um, looking through the list, you know, nothing out of the ordinary for today. And um, perhaps I can just uh, use the time to share some, some thoughts from a recent survey from our own investors on the All local right. market. Mm. Yep. Well, to summarize, uh, you know, our investors believe that you know, the Singapore market was a market of resilience last year. And it's not going to change this year, even with the onset of volatility that we have seen 
uh, thus far this year. You know, mm. our investors actually, you know, like the local market because of this. And uh, if you look at the year-to-date market performances, you know, we can see that clearly in USD terms, the market is, you know, among the uh, is among the gainers in the Asia space. So, um, you know, diving a bit deeper, we also see that, you know, investors um, actually like the yields given by the STI at the moment, which is around 5%. So this number actually bested a lot of uh, Asian markets and also far exceeds the mere 2.8% dividend yield given by the MSCI Asia Pet Japan Index. Valuation-wise, the uh, local market is not expensive at all. You know, we are currently mm-hmm. trading at uh, minus 2 standard deviation at around 11 times for PE. So all these uh, factors actually just down for investors who desire stability. Yeah, I see. And, uh, well, let's zoom in on some of the companies to watch, mm-hmm. uh, David. And, uh, well, on that note, let's take a look at Singtel. Singtel announced that its associate, uh, Telcom Cell, has entered into a conditional spin-off agreement with the parent company of Indonesian Telco Indie Home, and that's in a bid to integrate Indie Homes services into Telcom Cell. So how significant is this move for Singtel and for investors of Singtel? Okay, uh, firstly, from what has been reported thus far, I think uh, Singtel's stake in Telcom Cell will actually be diluted to about 30% from the current mm. 35% because Telcom Cell will actually issue new shares to pay for Indie Home. So on this front, you know, the share of profits from Telcom Cell would be down by around 5%. But mm. of course, with the earnings of Telcom Cells increasing with the integration in time to come, you know, we should, of course, expect a bigger earnings base for Singtel, even at just 30% stake. So um, I also believe that uh, with the integration, we could also see some cost synergies coming in the form of perhaps, you know, your marketing expenses, general expenses, and, you know, network infrastructure. But I don't expect this cost to be very significant. What is more significant is the still low household penetration rate for broadband growth in Indonesia. So this number is around, I think, 15% in my, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So this low 15%, you know, combined with the option now to go for bundling services for mobile plus mm. paid TV, you know, could go could actually go a long way to grow telecom sales and revenue. Mm. We're on the line right now with uh, David Chow, the director at Azure Capital. Uh, David, could we switch tracks and talk a little bit about Vietnam's government saying that mm-hmm. it'll probe TikTok's operation in the country from May? So that's from next month. What then is the outlook for TikTok for this year? I mean, when you consider mm-hmm. it already has quite a bit of challenges uh, in the United States, I mean, should should players like Meta, Alphabet, Twitter, should they start paying attention closely? Well, firstly, on the uh, on the uh, official statement by the uh, Vietnamese government, well, they have actually said that uh, TikTok has, you know, has... On the country's platform, there there was a lot of toxic, offensive, false and superstitious content, you know, appearing in the app, mm-hmm. you know, and their aim is actually to to make sure that the social media complies with Vietnam's regulation, you know, both in content and opera- operations, at least that's the official statement given by the Vietnam government. So have any countries banned TikTok yet? I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think only India. Mm-hmm. India did so in, uh, I think, the mid-2020 and uh, and it actually caused TikTok parent or you know, ByteDance, you know, one of its biggest markets. So with this scrutiny, yes, you are right, uh, it's under siege, but this is uh, probably still pales in comparison to the other forms of scrutiny, you know, that is the security threats, to be precise, as we've seen in recent months, you know, with uh, lawmakers in the US, Europe and Canada clamping down on TikTok. So, you know, one can't help but wonder whether China ownership, uh, whether this would be actually the main issue 
And mm. if it is indeed the case, you know, non-Chinese ownership players such as Meta or Bird or even Twitter could certainly pick up the slack if they could capitalize on it. Right. And since we are in Vietnam, let's stay within ASEAN and take a look at the wider macroeconomic environment, David. The ASEAN Plus 3 Macroeconomic Research Office said uh, economic growth in ASEAN Plus China, Japan and South Korea is expected to be robust this year with uh, China leading the rebound. It upgraded its uh, 2023 forecast for ASEAN Plus 3 to 4.6%. Uh, do you agree with this assessment, especially with the China Tyson PMI that came in earlier today? Okay, um, on the China Services Activity data point first, so if we dive deeper into this data point, you know, one could clearly see that you know it shows the sharpest increase in activity sales and employment since November 20, mm. and the business confidence remains historically strong. However, uh, while the service activity picks up at a faster pace, the manufacturing side um, actually dragged the whole index down somewhat. So reflecting that the foundation for economic recovery is not that solid yet. So nonetheless, we are still show, we are still seeing some signs of green shoots coming from the world's second uh, economy, the largest economy so far. And uh, with Japan's economy is still running below capacity according to the out, output gap and um, and you know the export-oriented South Korea manufacturing sector still showing signs of weaknesses and you know, recent forward-looking surveys on Korea business uh, conditions are still looking weak. You know, on this note, I'm more inclined to think that, you know, perhaps, you know, ASEAN and China will actually be the drivers for this, uh, for this revision in forecast, you know, rather than South Korea and Japan at the moment. Hmm. And before I let you go, David, uh, one quick question here. We have the U.S. non-farm payrolls due on Friday. What are you expecting? And uh, where will the Fed take interest rates in the next meeting? Okay, um, following the previous 311,000 increase in March, you know, the market is expecting the uh, non-farm payroll to come in at around 230,000 in March. Mm. You know, for us, we are just expecting a mere 210 uh, increase this time around. Mm. And, uh, you know, looking at the uh, PCE index, which is the Personal Consumption Expenditure Index, uh, rising by 5% in February, you know, down from 5.3% in January. And, of course, uh, with the last data point of uh, 4.6%, it certainly is a relief. Mm. So, um, but on the other side, uh, on the other hand, you know, the, we know we all know that the Fed is targeting a 2% annual inflation. Mm. So, I think the central bankers will likely be, you know, wary about declaring victory, uh, you know, too soon. So yeah. if you look at what the market thinks for now, you know, we could see that the uh, traders are actually betting more heavily that the Fed will actually start cutting rates as soon as July with the policy mm-hmm. rate, you know, seen reaching uh, 4.25 to, to the 4.5 range by the end of the year. So having said all this, I think let's wait to see what the number is for non-farm payroll this Friday. And, you know, what does the inflation mm-hmm. end up at uh, later this month, you know, before their May 2nd meeting? So right now, uh, I think we have the view that we should still see a small 25 basis points hike in May. Right, so 25 BPS in May. Thanks very much, David. That was David Chow, Director at Azure Capital. Have a great long weekend ahead. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.